All right. Hey, this is the Biscuits and SEC SEC Week 7 Preview. I'm Stephen Willis, and thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So do us a favor. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell for notifications, and of course, participate in the conversation by commenting down below and upvoting the video. Also, our boys from Biscuits and SEC, well, at least one of them, the Hammer, is in the house. Tell them how to read your stuff, man. Yeah, thanks for having us, Stephen. Um, we got a website, biscuitsandsec.com. Post a couple blogs a week, previews, things of that nature. Um, we're obviously we're on social channels at Biscuits and SEC, and we also have a, a newsletter that we send out three days a week during the season um, in the morning, just with SEC news, quick hits, things like that. So um, you can find us at all those places, and would love you to follow along. Yeah. And unfortunately, Bossman can't join us this week. And it's a shame because with Tennessee and Alabama, I mean, this is the first time since Texas A&M came into the league that this game meant something. Um, so this is, used to be a special game um, in the same vein that Ole Miss and LSU used to be a special game. But Ole Miss and LSU has been relevant more recent than Tennessee and Alabama. And what's your take, just your 30,000-foot look at this game right now? So 30,000 foot view, you know, without getting into real specifics, um, it's great that this game means something. As you said, since A&M <clears throat> joined the SEC, it hasn't meant much uh, really since Saban got there. I don't think they've lost to Tennessee since Saban arrived. So it's a historic rivalry that means a lot to both of these fan bases. It's just lost so much of its, you know, luster and hype over the years because not only does Alabama win every year, they typically route Tennessee, and it's not even a competitive game. So I'm really excited for this game just for the fact that both these teams are in the top 10. Um, you know, it feels like late 90s, early 2000s SEC football, and the atmosphere at Neyland is going to be phenomenal. So Regardless of what actually happens in the game, I think, you know, the, the lead up to it, the atmosphere and just the whole pageantry that comes along with the third Saturday in October is back. And hopefully it's back to stay because it's it's a really fun game um, and something that, you know, for years and years, SEC fans look forward to and more recently have just sort of, uh, you know, put it in the on the back burner because it hasn't been excited to see this matchup this Saturday. Yeah, and Tennessee is breaking out all the voodoo that they, you could imagine they would do in a game like this that they think they have a chance to win. Dolly Parton is the guest picker and honorary captain. They're going to do the game game day stuff. They're going to make it big. So you th if you thought game day was big for Florida a couple of weeks ago, this week is going to be an absolute zoo, right, Hank? Oh, yeah. And I think uh, I saw an interview. I think it was Reese Davis the other day was saying that exact thing. He's like, hey, we were just in Knoxville for that Florida game. It's going to be a whole nother level for this game. Um, I mean, look, it's it's Alabama. They haven't beaten them in 15 years, 16 years, whatever. And I guess Alabama's now ranked three in the AP or whatever, but they might as well be number one. Right. I mean, mm -hmm. so far this year, one through three has been interchangeable. They're flip flopping each week. But it's Alabama in your stadium with the primetime CBS time slot. So it doesn't get any bigger. Um, 
And there are not many fan bases in college football that are bigger than Tennessee, just by sheer numbers, their size of their stadium, all of that. So it's going to be rocking. Um, when they run through that tee, it's going to be a scene. Uh, hopefully they, they leave, you know, the golf balls and mustard behind, which I think they will. Um, and, and they'll just, you know, it's going to be a great atmosphere. I really, I can't wait for it. Yeah, I was talking to a Tennessee fan earlier this week, and my brother-in-law went to Tennessee, got his law degree from there. So he, he's a volunteer fan. He's actually up in Tennessee now. He, he left Florida for the week to go up there. Uh, it's one of those games where I just joked about it. It was like, so how's the mustard supply in Knoxville? Is every, everybody buying it up? What, what's going on there? And he all laughed. It's like, oh, yeah, we've been stocking up for weeks. We're, we're, we're ready to go off this weekend. But as for the game itself, You've got Bryce Young, will he, won't he? You know, everybody's asking questions. Jalen Milrow struggled against A&M last week. Then you have Hendon Hooker on the other side. The quarterback matchup, no matter how it shakes, is intriguing, right? 100%. Um, Obviously, Bryce Young, whether he plays or not, is a huge story. It seems like he will, uh, but it also seemed like he was going to play last week. Matter of fact, I think I got – some notification from some service pregame saying he was going to play. Of course he did not. So I think he'll play, but if he doesn't, like you said, it's still an intriguing matchup because look, Jalen Milrow, we'll see if, if he's called upon again, you know, who knows how he'll play. He looked very good against Arkansas. He looked very shaky against A&M. And this environment is not going to be as friendly as, Bryant Denny Stadium was last weekend. So, you know, if he's the guy, I have to imagine that the Bama offense probably looks a little different. You know, I think Bill O'Brien in that AM game, they didn't have a ton to go off of, I suppose, right? He looked pretty good against Arkansas, and it seemed like they came in with a similar plan against AM. And clearly he was missing reads down the field. He wasn't very accurate. There was a couple third down throws that were there and Milrow just wasn't able to connect. Um, and then he had the turnover issues. So, look, the guy can run the ball, and he ran the ball in AM. So if I'm Bama and he's the guy, I would lean on that heavily. Um, lean on your running backs and get him involved in the running game and, frankly, try to throw the ball as little as possible. Um, if it's Bryce Young, obviously we've seen the game plan, and it's totally different than what Milrow is. So um, very intriguing on the Bama side. And then, look, from the Tennessee side, here's what I'll say. Hendon Hooker has been one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Um, I think he's squarely in the Heisman race as of now. If they win this game, he'll probably be the front runner, frankly. Um, but I will say, I don't think he's thrown an interception this year, and that's going to happen at some point. So the question is, does it happen in this game? Because you don't want to lose the turnover battle to Alabama. Trust me, as an AM fan, we just won the turnover battle 4-1, to still lost the game. So you, you got to be able to take care of the ball when you play Alabama. Don't give them any more chances um, than they're already going to get. And I think, you know, Hooker will take care of the ball. I, I, I trust him, uh, especially at home. So it's, it's going to be fascinating, and I really do think it'll be a four-quarter game. It, it, it should be interesting. Um, I joked whenever this week started, it's like this is the week where we talk ourselves into Tennessee winning this game all week long. And then when the game happens, Alabama wins by 20. We've seen this movie before. I can't get past that, Hank. When it comes to who's actually going to win, I'm with you. I think Bama's going to win. I think I think if Bryce Young plays, 
you could see a 20-point win just because Tennessee, their Achilles heel is their pass defense, right? Uh, their pass defense is not good. I think it's somewhere, you know, they're, they're not in the top 100 in FBS teams, which tells you all you need to know. So if you're going to go at Tennessee, you got to do it through the air. With Bryce Young, Bama's more than capable of doing that. With Milrow, I don't think they – you know, I don't think they are. I think if Milrow plays, it's a four-quarter game, kind of a toss-up. If Bryce Young plays, I think Alabama will win, uh, you know, by seven or ten points. But I still think it's going to be a close game because I think Tennessee will be able to score. And, you know, look, we've seen it really the last two years. Alabama is not the team that we saw in, let's say, 17, 18, 19, 20, where they – just overpowered you with offense. They had first round picks all over the field at receiver. Uh, they don't have that right now. That doesn't mean their receivers are not good. Doesn't mean they're not capable. Um, but they're also not Jalen Waddle and they're not, you know, uh, Henry Ruggs, Calvin Ridley, all those guys. So I still think it'll be a close game, but I'm with you. I, I think Alabama does win this game. Um, they're just, to me, it's one of those things where Tennessee is playing really well. They're a very good team. I think they are more than capable of getting to 10 wins this year. Um, but it's still year two of Josh Heupel, and we're in year, whatever, 15, 16 of Saban at Bama. So they're established. They've been in games like this year after year after year, uh, where Tennessee you know, really hasn't. So I, I expect Alabama to be ready for this stage, ready for this atmosphere, and to get the win. But I do think it'll be a, a good, entertaining four-quarter game. All right. We're going to move on to the rest of the SEC right after this. This episode of this podcast is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage. With massive lineups of games across the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC, I can always watch the games I want to watch. And I want on Sling. And now you can too. Check out SlingTV.com now to see the massive lineup and games they have all season long. Sling, the TV you love, the price you love. Try it today. Also, this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Um, it's the easiest way to spice up your college football season. This is what you do. You go into the website, you sign up um, for a profile at Underdog Fantasy um, or at the app at Underdog Fantasy. And you just look at college players, like looking at last week, what if Anthony Richardson going to hit more than 200 yards or higher than 200 yards? You can do that. You pick five players. It doesn't have to be Ole Miss. It doesn't have to be AM. You can pick out those safe bets all over the place. So go to Underdog and make your list like I made my list. Now, it's easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players, like I said, across any team, not just yours, to decide if they'll finish higher or lower. It's one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there, and you can win cold, hard cash doing it. Sign up with Locked On. One word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to 100 bucks. That's right. Deposit, deposit $100 and get 100 bucks free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app on the App Store or Google Play Store. And that's Underdog Fantasy. Promo code Locked On. That's one word. Get in the college football pick em action today. All right. 
Thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your, our, your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including Spotify and iTunes. Leave a five-star review on there. You can say whatever you want to say. Just make sure it's five-star. That way, when people put in Ole Miss podcast into the Google machine, it's going to come up front and center for everybody to see. So that five-star review will help us out a bunch. Now, moving on to this week. Should be pretty good. We talked about Alabama and Tennessee. That's obviously the game of the week. And we're going to close this segment with Mississippi State and Kentucky because that's interesting as well. But we'll start in Fault Hemingway Stadium. It's an 11 o'clock Central game. Ole Miss is favored by about 15 points. The over-under is at 55 and a half points. It's on ESPN. Auburn's 3-3, three and three, but realistically it should be 2-4 and because I still can't figure out how they won that Missouri game. Ole Miss is 6-0, and oh, and for some reason... Everybody is trying to say that Ole Miss is fool's gold. They're not real. They're a mirage. Um, what's your take on it, Hank? I like Ole Miss in this game. Um, and, you know, my, my biggest reasoning and what I have liked, you know, watching Ole Miss all year is, frankly, their, their defense. You know, offensively, they've been more than good. And it, they've been relying on the run game uh, for the most part up until last week where, where Dart really let it rip. I think he had over 400 yards last mm-hmm. week. Um, but in, especially in this matchup, right? I know as an Ole Miss fan, you know more than anybody, there's there's weird voodoo in this Auburn-Ole Miss game. Mm-hmm. Um, Auburn beat them last year somehow. So Auburn has sort of owned this series as of late. Um, but, you know, the reason why I, I, outside of – Auburn being a complete dumpster fire, which they are. The reason I like Ole Miss in this game is is their defense. You know, we've talked all year about how limited Auburn is offensively. They don't have a good offensive line. They don't have a good quarterback. And so they, they're just very limited on what they can do. And Ole Miss is allowing, you know, I think, I don't know, 14, 15 points a game this year. They're just – their defense is very good. They, they hit on a lot of guys in the transfer portal. Um, they were able to replace D.J. Durkin – with really no issue at all and they're playing really really good football so it's a home game for Ole Miss um I don't think Auburn's going to be able to score much more than I don't know 10 14 points um and Ole Miss offensively they've got enough weapons that I think they'll be able to run the ball pretty successfully um I think they'll be able to run the ball pretty successfully against anybody so they can do it against Auburn and they've got enough weapons on the outside that when they want to take shots they can so I, I, honestly, I like Ole Miss pretty big here. Um, they are they're rounding into form, right? They're, it's October now. They're six and zero. They're they're getting into the back half of the schedule, and this is where you really, you know, if if they are what they have shown so far, this is where they really should start putting the you know pedal to the metal. And this is a team they should they should beat. So I like Ole Miss to to win this and cover. Um, I, I just think. You know, I don't know how many more games Harson's going to be the coach. Um, this might be the nail in his coffin. I know Auburn has fired a, a handful of coaches after losing to Ole Miss over the last couple of years or, or their last couple of coaches. So, uh, yeah, I like Ole Miss here. I, I think Ole Miss is a very good team. And at home against an Auburn team that just doesn't have much offensively, I don't know how they keep it close. Yeah. If you move on to 2.30 Eastern on the SEC Network, because there's not an 11 o'clock SEC Network game, because there's only six games this week, Georgia host Vanderbilt. Now, I saw Vanderbilt up close last week. Vanderbilt's better. 
that this is not the same team that they've been the last four or five years. Now, they're not particularly good, but they're better. This is not the team that you would have to worry about going on the road to Colorado State to get a win. This is a team that is a lower-level SEC team at this point, and it seems like they're getting better. I like A.J. Swan. I like Will Shepard. I like Ray Davis. Uh, I, I mean, that 38-point line for Georgia, it, this game kind of feels like a – Oh, a uh, 35 to 10 game, a 38 to 10 game. And I, I just don't know if they can stack up that many points to put away this Vandy team. I'm on the same page. I think, I think the spread, you know, I would not pick Georgia to cover this spread. As you mentioned, look, Vanderbilt is much improved compared to what they were a year ago. You don't have to worry about them in the non-conference. They took care of business outside of Wake Forest, who, is a good opponent, mm-hmm. a power five opponent. So not, that's not an unexpected result. Um, but they've beaten all the group of five teams. They, they're much better than they were. And like you said, A.J. Swan, he's got something. Uh, hopefully he's not the second coming of Ken Seals and, and he actually continues to progress. Um, as Ken Seals, I think, is still on the team, but has basically just been relegated to you know third string at this point. Um, but look, yeah, Swan can throw the ball. Um it's just one of those games where, you know, as you said, look, Vanderbilt has improved. They are a better team than they were last year, but they're still in their second year with Clark Lee. This is a multi-year rebuild. And so when you look at a matchup against Georgia, it's not going to be a close game. Um, what I would look for in this game is how does the uh, Georgia offense look? Because early in the year, and I was – fully on board with this. I mean, you know, Stetson Bennett looked like a Heisman candidate. Todd Munkin seemed like he had everything figured out. And they've sort of come back down to earth where, you know, it's it's a little less explosive, um, a little more inconsistent. So if you're a Georgia fan, um, you know, you, you're going to want to see that explosiveness come back. This is a team in Vanderbilt that Georgia should be able to run the ball all over. They should be able to throw the ball downfield if they would like to. So, um if you're a Georgia fan, that's what I would look for. But yeah, I don't I don't see this game being close simply because Vanderbilt's not gonna be able to get much on this Georgia defense. And as much as we just praise AJ Swan, he still is a true freshman. He's going on the road to Georgia to play a top five defense in the country. So very tough spot for him. It's just not going to be a good day offensively for Vanderbilt. So I'm with you. I think Vanderbilt scores a touchdown, maybe kicks a couple field goals, but Georgia will win uh, comfortably. I don't like them to cover, but they're going to win comfortably and, you know, keep moving through the East. Yeah, and you wouldn't be surprised if people in Athens had one eye in Knoxville that day at that time period as well. They're probably watching games on their phone. So it might be a weird, sleepy crowd. This has a chance to be a very weird environment for this game. In the why in the heck did they schedule this now category, Arkansas goes to Provo, Utah, um, it's a pick em at the moment. Um, it, the line's gone back and forth. BYU opened as a two-point favorite. Arkansas got it to nearly two points, and I think it's come back to zero now. The over-under is at 66.5. This is a game, if the Mississippi State was desperation Saturday, I have no idea what this is. Arkansas cannot lose this game. If they lose this game, they're looking squarely at five and seven. Yeah, quite the quite the fall from grace for Arkansas and and Sam Pittman and and look, obviously not having KJ Jefferson last week um, impacted that game, but I 
you know, having watched that game, I, I still don't think had he played, would they have won? So, um, that I, defense isn't our, good. Right. The, the defense is not mm-hmm. good. Um, and, I, and look, I know they're banged up too. Catalan's an excellent, excellent player. It hurts to not have him out there, but I'm with you. First of all, I, I can't understand why Arkansas would have scheduled this game this at this point in the season. It's one thing mm-hmm. to schedule a home and home with BYU. Um, that's a, a good non-conference opponent. Your fans will be excited. But this has got to be in one of the first three weeks of the season. I mean, frankly, it is inexcusable as an athletic department to send your team on the road to a very good, uh, I guess they're independent, but power five uh, worthy opponent. Um, at altitude. During the middle of, yeah, at altitude during the middle of your SEC schedule. So honestly, look, Arkansas is capable of winning this game, but I like BYU here. You talk about desperation from the Arkansas side. Well, BYU's kind of desperate too. They lost twice now. Uh, Oregon beat them pretty soundly, and then they lost a relatively competitive game to Notre Dame last week. Um, and at home, I just like BYU. It's at altitude. Arkansas just went on the road to Mississippi State. They got beat the week before pretty badly by Alabama. And they lost in heartbreaking fashion to AM the week before that. So you're coming off three really, really tough losses. And I think KJ Jefferson will be back. So I think this will be a very competitive fourth quarter game. But with BYU being at home, I like them to, you know, make the plays late that, that get them over the edge. Um, and yeah, look, if Arkansas loses this game, as you said, it, it's, it's five and seven. And, you know, I don't think that means anything for Sam Pittman and his future there. I still think he's done a really good job. It's just, it's one of those things too. I mean, you look, he was ahead of schedule. Chad Morris left Arkansas in dire straits and Sam Pittman came in and and yeah, like, I mean, they were the worst SEC team for several years. And, and frankly, you know, one of the worst SEC teams we'd seen in a long time. So Sam Pittman has still done a very good job. Um, but it's one of those things, you know, similar to what we're talking about with Vanderbilt. I don't mean to offend Arkansas fans and compare the programs. They are on different levels, but you're still in the midst of a rebuild. And, you know, the COVID year is, is hard to really even count as a year, I suppose, for a brand new coach. So they don't have the the depth, as we've seen defensively, to really withstand a ton of injuries. They don't have the depth of quarterback, which a lot of teams don't, but they don't as well. So when you lose guys – you know, you're in trouble. And this game, again, it just makes no sense. I don't know why you would schedule this game. Uh, it puts your team in a terrible spot. And I, I think BYU wins a close one here. Wouldn't surprise me if Arkansas wins, but I do like I do like the Cougars in this matchup to win. I mean, you said the spread's a pick. I'm, you know, if either team won by more than three points, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Uh, um, that game is at 2.30 Central on ESPN. ESPN is SEC all three time slots during the day. Um, that night on ESPN at 6 o'clock Eastern, LSU and Florida plays. Florida's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, the over-under is at 50 points. And realistically, Hank, the, this is the same team. They could swap uniforms and nothing would change. It would look exactly the same. These, It's going to come down to turnovers and things like that. That's the reason this line is so close. They're just playing home field at this point. But it's the same team. 100%. Like you said, they're the exact same team. They, they've they been inconsistent all year. 
Their quarterbacks are both inconsistent. Frankly, both quarterbacks are more effective with their legs than they have been through the air. Um, this game is as, you know, as close to a toss-up as you can have, similar to, similar to that Arkansas game. Um, when I look at this game, I was I was writing our preview earlier for, for Biscuits and SEC, and I'm going to give the edge to Florida here. First of all, it is in the swamp at night. Uh, it seems like every home game Florida's had this year has, has been at night, which uh, is nice for their fan base. Um, but when it comes down to the matchup, I was what I was looking at was, you know, the quarterbacks have been inconsistent, both of them. Uh, but the the run game of LSU has not been there. Jaden yeah. Daniels has been by far their leading rusher, and I think he's nearly double the carries that even their top you know running back uh, has has gotten. So part of that obviously is him scrambling around. The LSU offensive line is not very good, but he still has. Uh, nearly double the carries as I think it's uh, Armoni Goodwin or Armani Goodwin, their, their leading, you know, tailback. Um, and Florida on the other side, at least has a little bit of juice in that, in that running back room with Etienne and Montreal Johnson. Um, as good as Anthony Richardson can be on the ground, um, you know, when he gets outside, he's not their leading rusher and he's not nearly uh you know, he's not even their leading ball carrier. So Florida actually hands the ball off and has some success there. I think they average over 200 yards a game on the ground. So in a game where both of these teams are very similar, both quarterbacks are very similar, I'm going to lean toward the home team and the team that has shown the ability to run the football. Um, so I think it's a very close game, a very competitive game. I think Florida probably wins something like, you know, 31-24, 31-27, something like that. Um, so I'll lean Florida here, but I mean this game, who knows? Again, if, if you're if you're a betting man, um, I think you stay away from this game, even as yeah. a pickup, because yeah. there's no telling what's gonna happen. Yeah, it's the, it's the same team. It's literally they could come out in this other team's jersey and you would not be able to tell any difference in them. It's the strangest yep. thing. Um, the nightcap on the SEC network, I don't know how they got the ranked game with um, ESPN having all the other ones. Um, number 16, Mississippi State, goes to Lexington, the big grocery bag, to take on the Kentucky Wildcats. The rumor is uh, Will Levis is going to play. Um, that has not been confirmed, but they won't confirm that. Arkansas wouldn't confirm it. You're not going to get injury information, really, um, in the SEC right now. Mississippi State's playing really well. They kind of have a golden horseshoe up their butt at the moment with these quarterback situations. And that that is making them look better than they are, but they still are a really good team. And um, it's one of those things. If Will Levis plays, I think Kentucky has a chance to win this game. If Will Levis doesn't play, Kentucky has no chance to win this game. Yeah, exactly. Look, um, we have been fairly critical, at least myself and, and Alex, my, my uh, you know, I guess co-worker here at Biscuits and SEC of Will Levis. And I want to caveat that and say, I think he's a very, very good college quarterback. He is overrated to me based on what I'm hearing draft experts say about him as being a, you know, top 10, top five pick. But when it comes to college football, he's a really good quarterback and he gives Kentucky a chance to win almost every game they're in, especially when you compare it to what we saw last week from the backup. Um, so I do think you're right. I think he'll give it a go. My worry is, you know, look, I, I think we've seen from Levis over the last two years, he's a really tough kid. So mm -hmm. 
I fully expect him to try to play, but I don't know if he's going to be a hundred percent. And the Mississippi state defense is, is pretty good. Um, you know, so I, I still think I give the edge to Mississippi state here. I, I think they are the more complete team. Um, this is absolutely a game though. I will caveat it and say with these Mike Leach teams, as we've seen at every stop he goes to, he has stinkers, uh, that come up out of nowhere when you least expect it. And somehow the offense just doesn't look good and they fold and lose a the game. They, they have no business losing. So there's that absolutely that potential here. Yeah. Um, yeah. but for that to happen, I think, you know, that's going to be, Real Rogers turning the ball over and them just playing a sloppy game overall. And from, you know, they kind of already had that against LSU. So I think Mississippi State will win this game. Uh, will Rogers is just playing too good at the moment. I think he leads the country in passing, which it is a Mike Leach air raid offense. So that's not totally abnormal, but that just means he's running this offense very, very well at the moment. Um, and look, Mississippi State. The last two games, they ran it on AM and they ran it on Arkansas pretty effectively. Um, they're never going to be, you know, a, a ground and pound team. But if they can give you that change up and run it, you know, 20 times a game and get 100, 150 yards, they're really, really tough to stop. So with a banged up Will Levis, whether he goes or not, I like Mississippi State to win uh, a close game here. I think they could win, you know, again, seven to 10 points. Um, but I, I do like Mississippi State to get out of the big grocery bag with a win. Yeah. That game is at 630 on Saturday night on the SEC Network. State is a four-point favorite. The over-under is set at 49. That's that's a low number. Um, so we can tune in for that. When we come back, we will talk a little bit about Kentucky and Arkansas. They need to get their star quarterbacks back. Their season is in peril. It needs to get done. So stick around. All right. Thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell for notifications. And participate in the show by commenting down below or um, upvoting the video itself. We'd appreciate it very much. I'm here with the hammer. We've been going, going through all the SEC games this weekend. In this third segment, the thing we want to talk about is Kentucky and Arkansas season. All, all these people talked about Kentucky and Arkansas coming through and how much they were going to be threats to Georgia and Alabama. This was going to be their year. And right now, 5-7 and seven is firmly on the table for Arkansas. Kentucky is looking at a Liberty Bowl-esque season, um, potentially. It, they need to get their starting quarterbacks, right, Hammer? Yeah, 100%. I mean, you know, I, I think this is not just a, an Arkansas and Kentucky problem, but I think with the transfer portal now, you're going to start seeing this more often where even teams, you know, power five level, they're going to have trouble having true quarterback depth because unless you have a really young guy back there who's capable, most of the guys are going to transfer because they want to go play somewhere else, whether that's at the power five or even group of five levels. So, you know, quarterback depth, I think moving forward in college football overall is a big talking point. Cause if your guy goes down, you could be in trouble. And we've seen that from both of these teams. I mean, again, Will Levis is a good college quarterback um, I don't even remember the Kentucky's backup name, but he didn't do anything against South Carolina, who's 
not that good. Uh, no offense to the Gamecock fans out there, but they're a pretty average team, I think. Um, and they got beat pretty soundly at home. So when you see that significant of a drop-off, um, yeah, I mean, you as, as a fan of Kentucky or Arkansas, you just have to be hoping and praying that those guys are back this week um, and fully healthy because, again, if either one of them is slightly banged up and, uh, you know, in Levis's case, if he's not really able to run or move around the pocket very well, they could be in trouble. Um, and then I guess with Jefferson's case, it's a it's a concussion issue. So if he's back, he should be fully healthy and able to run and do everything he uh, typically will do. But, yeah, it's, once you it's get, tough. Once you get the first one, it's easier to get the second one. It is. It is. Mm-hmm. So you certainly have to look out for that. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, look, both of these teams, their backs are against the wall. And a big part of that is because they haven't had their their quarterbacks. So hopefully they can get them back. I mean, look, you know, I, I don't root for either one of these teams, but you never want to see a team season kind of go down the tubes due to injuries. So um, it's unfortunate that they've been dealing with this. Hopefully they come back, but um, they, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, we're going to see what these teams are made of, whether those guys are back or not, because they both have tough games and it's, not a gimme win whether those guys come back or not um so yeah i mean they they need them back and uh hopefully they do come back you know because we we want teams to be healthy and and playing their best ball yeah um before we get out of here what what are you looking forward to seeing most this weekend what's the one thing you're looking forward to this weekend i mean we talked about it but it's got to be the third saturday in october Mm -hmm. Um, you know, with game day there, that should be a great atmosphere. Um, the block T when they run through the block T, I can't imagine how loud that stadium is going to be. Um, but look, if we take it outside the sec, you got to go to the big 10, right. For Michigan, Penn state, um, Penn state has looked better than I thought they would this year. They handled Auburn, which is Auburn, but it was still on the road early in the year. Um, Michigan, you know, has looked good, but I think personally they probably have the softest schedule in the out of conference that I've ever seen. So this will really be their first test as a, outside of a couple uh, conference games that they've sort of, you know, skated through. Um, so this is a really big game and it has playoff implications because both these schools are undefeated. Um, and I think when you look at the Big Ten overall, the, you know, it's, it's obviously goes through Ohio State. Um, but either one of these teams, if they can win this game, has a good chance of coming out of this with, you know, one loss uh, at the end of the year. So who knows what happens at that point if you've got a, you know, a, a one loss Big Ten team that uh, only losses to Ohio State. So I think this is a, a big game. Um, and, you know, the, the winner will be set up very well to possibly upset Ohio State, but likely not. But either way, if they can get out with just one loss being to Ohio State, I think they've got a good case. So I think that should be a really good game um, that I'm really looking forward to outside the SEC. Okay. Hey, thank you for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen. Now make your second listen, Locked On SEC. Host Chris Gordy and his experts around the Locked On College Network come at you every day talking about the games of the week and what you need to know. So make the Locked On SEC podcast your second listen every day hank very much um really good to uh, have this episode and do what we need to do and i hope you enjoy the weekend this week yeah you too steven thanks for having me as always all right thanks bud